I've entitled this message this morning, Let Us. If you could put that up on the screen, you say, what does that mean? You'll understand in a second. Let us. And what I want to do this morning, this, I've been out of the pulpit for a little while. I said this morning, Lord, did I forget how to preach? I don't know. It's been a while since I preached. But uh, I've had a lot of pouring in lately. And that has been a blessing. But, uh, but I, but I want to just share because there's so much happening. Have you noticed, congregation, there's been a lot that has gone on lately. And if I, as a pastor, am not struggling, that's the wrong word, but am trying to keep up with everything that God is saying and everything that is happening, then I would imagine I'm much smarter than all of you. So I would imagine that some of you are, might be struggling as well. Wow. And so, uh, and so basically I look back at the year, there's been a lot said this year. But when I, I did that series on uh, the Adam design, and that was in August, but really I'm kind of a demarcation line. And I'm, and I'm saying this because I'm going to get to what the Lord told me to share with you. But I want you to have a broad overview of what has been said. Because if you get too forgetful and if you just misplace things mentally, you're not going to run with me the way that you need to run with me. And so I'm not re-preaching sermons. I'm just going to give you a little bit of an overview from really the demarcation line. Do you remember where, when would you say the demarcation line this year happened? A, a major line that was drawn in the sand, something in the spirit that changed. When would you say that? The miracle crusade. Really everything before that was leading up and pre- preparing for that. But then when, when the prophet came, Pastor Nancy, and she ministered, and she ministered by the Spirit a number of different subjects. But in the Spirit, something changed at that time. And so I'm kind of going to, I'm not going to go back before then, but I'm going to kind of go back to that time, basically, when she ministered. Because uh, there's been some things, and I just want to give you, that's only in the end of August. So we're only talking about September, October, maybe two and a half months or so uh, since then. But in in two and a half months, a lot has happened in our church. And I'm trying to kind of keep up with everything. And I don't want to lose track of what God is saying. And so I'm going to share a little overview with you. Then I'm going to share something specific about what happened with Brother Jerry and the large seed that we sowed as a church. And then I'm going to share the specific things that God told me to tell you this morning. But we'll get it all done in time and that's, it's not going to take long. So I want to just remind you, around that September 6th time, a little earlier than that, Pastor Nancy came at end of August. But I shared this on September 6th. Obviously, God had said this before in the late part of August, but I shared it on Wednesday, September 6th, and I talked about what God had said about making room for the prophet. I'm reminding you of what has been happening recently, that God said from 2 Kings 4, make a room for the prophet, and that, remember, that woman received something that changed her life. She got pregnant. Because she showed honor and she made a room and and she got impregnated. There was a deposit made. Now for her, it was a physical deposit with a physical baby. But the word of the Lord came to me, remember two, two or three days before Pastor Nancy arrived, I preached it on September 6th. So if you want to listen to that again, go back in our archives and listen to September 6th. Although that word came to me three days before Pastor Nancy arrived, which would have been late August. And that word was because you've made a room for the prophet, both spiritually in prayer, but also in the much money we spent, the much effort we made on renovating this building and getting things ready for her. Because you've made a room for her, there have, things have been deposited into you. Just like that lady got a deposit, we got a deposit. I'm reminding you what God said. 
And the Lord said, uh, just as in the natural, that took nine months according to the time of life to, for it to manifest. He said, so uh, that same timeline applies. It's, there's going to be something. I want you to birth it out. Remember, in the natural, you have to birth. But he said, pray it out. Remember, 2024 is a year of prayer that, that, that he's been emphasizing from years ago, all this timeline that we've been on. But the Carmel year, we're in the Bethel year, but the Carmel year is primarily about prayer. We'll talk about that another Sunday. But, but this is a season to pray things out. And he said, now, if you will pray out what has been deposited, what I've done by my spirit to set certain things in motion for this church, because of your honor for the prophet, things have been deposited. If you will take the next nine months to pray that out, uh, certain things are going to come to pass around the mid part of next year. Not exactly sure what he's talking about, but he just said there's going to be things that start going to start to change. I believe that's changing in your life, changing in my life, changing in the, in the corporate life of this church. And he said, and as things start to come forth that have been deposited by the prophet, that we pray out so that they can manifest the way he phrased it was, it's going to change the landscape of this church. I'm not fully sure what he's talking about. I don't need to know what he's talking about right now because he hasn't said. He just said things have been deposited. I want them to manifest. They're going to manifest around the middle of next year if you will pray and birth them out between now and then. And as that happens, it's going to change the landscape of the church. Now, that's a pretty big word. I mean, that was a, I mean, I thought that was the biggest word. That was the only word probably would get the rest of the year because that alone just takes time to chew on and meditate on and then begin to pray out. And a desire has come into me personally. So I know if you're, if you're spiritual at all, if you're spiritual in the least, what is happening to me is going to start maybe to a lesser measure, but definitely a measure is going to start happening with you because the desire to pray has come into me more since that, that conference. And I have been, my prayer life has increased more and will continue to increase more. And so I know it comes from the head down. If you don't have it, it's not because God's not there. It's you're, you're not open to it. Because he is trying to put in people a desire to seek him more. First of all, for your private life, yes, but also to birth out the plan that he has for this ministry and for your role in this ministry. So that was a fairly large word. I preached that on September 6th. Then the next, I mean, there's lots of little things that happen in between there, but the next major one is September 17th. And I shared with you, that was a Sunday, and I shared with you encouragement about this new phase of ministry in 2024. That whole sermon, if you want to listen to it again, that whole message was an encouragement and a preparation about the new phase that's coming in 2024. And, about, and I shared a lot that sermon. I'm highlighting it because I'm reminding you of what God has said. Yeah. God has prompted me, he said, tell the people what Dad Dufresne said, that every time you go through a new door, there are many adversaries, but those adversaries are going to work through people that are carnal. So when you were about to, when change is on the horizon, as it is for us, you've got to deal with your flesh. You've got to deal with your carnality. And the biggest one is getting offended with people, getting offended with me, with others, with this, with that. Oh, and, and there's other areas of carnality too, but that love walk is really important because when you're going through a door, there are many adversaries. If you don't give them place, they can't do anything. But if your flesh works with them, they will piggyback on your flesh and cause a lot of problems. And so there is, uh, 
You know, one person came to me. I'm just giving you an example. I don't know who the individual was that they, that they told me, but they said, Pastor, I'm really concerned and I'm praying. I just thought you should know. I mean, it doesn't really help me to know uh, if I don't know who the person is, but I mean, it did help me in terms of I could pray. But they said, you know, this, this person, uh, I used, would sit beside this person. I don't anymore, but you know why you'd preach? They'd lean over to me and they'd start accusing you to me while you were preaching. And they'd say, can you believe what he's saying? What a hypocrite. And can you believe how, how overweight he is? You know, he doesn't even do what he preaches. And, and, and this person said, you know, every single Sunday, they, they would try to pull, pull you down in the middle of your sermon and try to get me to turn against you. And she said, and they're here every day, every week. And I, and I thought to myself, you see, now that's carnality. That's not somebody walking in love. That's not somebody that is overlooking the faults of others and that is listening to what the Spirit of God is saying and trying to apply. That's a, that's a critical spirit that is nitpicking and that is trying to cause strife and division in the church. When we're going through an open door, those type of things are going to try to happen. Don't let them happen through you. That 17th of September, I, I basically, it was a love fest on you. I was telling you how wonderful you are, and, and I was trying to encourage the congregation, but I was also by the Spirit encouraging you to not be carnal because we need to guard ourselves and our lives because of what's coming. And that, that maybe is a good sermon for you to listen to again. Then on the 24th of September, uh, I, I shared about the impartation about Brother Roberts came and, and there was, um, there was uh, further revelation that had come to me about the international ministry, about South Asia. That was the 24th. And, and I, 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 that was during that time of... Uh, that previous week was when Brother Richard was with us. And on the 24th of September, I shared some, some thoughts and, and uh, Brother Richard preached, but I, I had written down some things. And when he left, I ministered and I reminded you about or told you about some of the changes that are going to be happening, the impartations that I got for the international about South Asia, Pakistan, India, and some of those things. That was a fairly major event that happened. He preached that day. I didn't preach, but there's, there was impartations that came from him. And so it wasn't just Pastor Nancy. God used Brother Roberts from the, for the international side. I know that doesn't apply to most of you, but it does affect me. <laughs> and, and by implication, by extension, it affects you. And so there was, uh, there was much that happened on that, on that, in that time frame, end of September, uh, from Brother Roberts. And then, and, and then on the 27th, of September, I believe that was a Wednesday, while I was here on the worship, that was just after Brother Roberts, the word of the Lord came to me about, uh, about people f fervency and them stirring themselves up. Because there's been a, a drop in attendance. There's been a drop in uh, just in, 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 a, in, a, in a desire to be around the things of God. People that used to come every Sunday are just are not coming as much. People that used to come Wednesdays don't. I don't know what it is, but I heard the Holy Ghost on that service on September 27th. He started talking to me about tell them to stir themselves up. You gotta, you're not, don't wait for somebody else. You've got to pull yourself up. You're not a baby. You've got to pull yourself up. The Bible says God told Timothy through Paul, stir up the gift of God that is in you by the laying on of my hands. And I talked about fervency and that sermon I preached to you, you might want to listen to it again. That was September 27th. And I preached to you all about uh, the, the Laodicean church and the different churches in the book of Revelation and what Revelations chapter one and two say specifically about fervency, about having our first love, about being white hot for God, about not just laying back, pay attention to what God is saying. 
because I didn't know what was about to come. But I was prepping, I guess, God, I didn't even know the word that was about to come a few weeks later. But he was prepping me about tell them to rouse themselves. Tell them to stir themselves up. There's not a time to back away. It's a time to press. It's a time to be fervent. So Pastor Nancy comes. And then, and then there's, there's so much that has happened. Then these words about, about, uh, about this new door and this new phase and about us walking in love with each other. And then Brother Roberts and the International. And then about the fervency and the stirring up. This is what God has been saying. And I'm trying to help you remember so it doesn't get muddled in your memory so that you can say, okay, Lord, we're good students and we're paying attention to what you're talking to us about as a church. I'm trying to help you do that this morning. And then, of course, on October the 1st, I preached about that fervency. I got the word on Wednesday, but I preached about it on Sunday. Then for three Sundays in a row, October 8, 15, 22, I did This Is My Story at the instruction of the Lord, shared all about my life and kind of a history. But then on the last one, on the 22nd, I transitioned into what's coming, not just for the international, but also for the, for the local church and talked a little bit more about what happened with Pastor Nancy and about this, this deposit and about how we have to pray and about the landscape is going to be changed. I shared with you what you couldn't make up. This is something you can't make up. I couldn't make it up. But how in 1917, this mantle came from Amy Simple McPherson. And in 2017, 100 years later, God spoke to me on, September, on January 17th. All night long, I was up the whole night. Very rare does that happen. But I was up the whole night, January 17th, 2017. And God started to unfold the plan about the mantle and about the years and, and about the whole Elisha parallel and about the David parallel. That was, and that all started, the prep started 2017. That mantle came to these shores under Willard Pierce and it started 1917. And, the, and I didn't even connect the dots. And the Lord said 100 years later, that mantle is preparing for its final thrust. I shared that with you in the, this is my story, part three on the October 22nd. And then how there was seven years of preparation. I didn't plan this. In fact, I didn't even realize this until this year when the Lord draw my attention to it. And he said, now look back at what happened with the mantle. It was seven years of preparation. And then under Charles Price in 1924, that move of God began and it ran for eight years to 1932. And the Lord said, now in the same parallel in 2024. Now, the, I, this is separate. I, this past thing is, I'm not, this was an after the fact connection of the dots. Because God said earlier, 2024 is going to be a next major step for you. You're going to step into the third phase of your ministry. And I've gone through all those phases and rooms with you before. This is going to be a, a, a marked time in the realm of the spirit. Things are going to begin to increase. On the vineyard parallel, you've had three years of death. The fourth year, which is 2024, is going to be the first year of the increased years of Hebron. Yes. Things are changing in the spirit. Things are changing in the spirit. I don't fully know what it all means, but I need to say it, and I need to believe it, and I need to pray it out, that things are changing in the spirit. And then I didn't even connect the dots, but he reminded me, and did they not change a hundred years ago in 1924 where the preparation season gave way to the beginning of a move of God? And he said, and a hundred years later, God does things in patterns, pay attention. 2024 is an important year for us. And I shared all of this in the, this is my story. And, and in part one, two, three, especially part three, because that was more, not just the past, but it was more about the present. Praise the Lord. 
Then we fast forward now. I'm in Barbados. I'm resting. I'm having a nice time. And the word of the Lord comes to me. Jenny is uh, sawing logs. She, she, no, she, she, she's the quietest sleeper you've ever met. Uh, I just like to say that. But, uh, but, I, but I, and the spirit of prayer comes on and I begin to pray and pray and pray. I can't get it off me. I can't, it won't lift off me. And I just pray and pray into the early hours of the morning. And after a number of hours, the word of the Lord came to me and he said, tell the people. And he gave me Hebrews 10. And I did that video for you. Can I just read it to you for those of you that are quick to forget? Hebrews chapter 10 and verse 35. And the Bible says, cast not away your confidence, which has great recompense of reward. And, the, and then verse 38. And now the just shall live by faith. But if any man draw back, my soul has no pleasure in him. And I heard the Holy Ghost say, there is a season of pressure on your congregation. I heard him say it. And he said, I know you're on holiday, but you make a video and send it to them for this Sunday. Yeah. And part of the reason was because he was going to confirm it through Jerry and he wanted it spoken. Yeah. And he said, there's a season of pressure. Don't tell them, don't be surprised if they're under great pressure because the devil in this open door that we're about to go through, there is pressure, there is adversaries, there is situations, tests and trials. And he said, but it is not a time to turn back. It is not a time to turn away and to lay back and to backslide and to lessen our grip and to lessen our faithfulness. It's not a time for that. It's a time to not let go our confession. Verse 35 says, don't cast away your confidence. The word confidence means your bold outspokenness. That means what you're saying. Don't cast away that confession of faith. It's time to press forward. And then at the end, very gently, he said, and tell him it's not time to worry. I know many of them are worried. I am going to turn it. Whew. My God. And I found a little place in that resort because it was late at night and everything's locked and you're not supposed to be in certain rooms. And one of the rooms that was supposed to be locked was unlocked. And of course, I believe in the, in the premise, ask forgiveness, not permission. So I set up my camera and I was doing it in that room and a guard came in and he said, uh, sir, you're not supposed to be in here. You need permission. And I said, do I really need permission? I am so sorry, sir. I'm a pastor. I'm doing a thing for my church. And he goes, well, I'm sorry. You need permission. And I said, could you please help me? And he paused for a second. Then he goes, you know, and he, he's talking in his Bajan accent. I can't really do it. But he said, go do what you do. And he walked out. Go do what you do. I said, I will, sir. Thank you. And I gave, sent that video to you because I knew God wanted to encourage the congregation. And you have no idea how many people called the church office, how many people emailed me and texted to say, I needed that word. I've been under such pressure and such attack and I'm not going to quit. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Then I get back and who shows up? Brother Jerry Savell. And what does God tell him that first night? about a word for us. Do we have a, a copy, please? Get me a breakthrough copy, please. Or put it up on the screen, at least if you can't give me a copy. Put it up on the screen, please. And he shared this word. Now, this is at our, book, at our, our front desk. Grab it if you don't have it. It's two sides. The first word God gave him on Saturday night. And then the second word on the back side, God gave him the following morning, which was technically 2.02 2 a.m. on Sunday morning. And so he prophesied this. And, and 
and as I'm listening to this prophecy, I'm realizing, my God, God is confirming what I have just said from Barbados. For those of you, I'm not going to read the whole thing, but for those of you that have remained faithful through the turmoil that has been taking place in our world, you are on the brink of a major breakthrough. You are on the brink of a major breakthrough. And this is not the time. I mean, it's exactly the same words that God used. And this is not the time to give up. This is not the time to back off. That's verbatim. But keep trusting God. Keep, keep trusting his word. He's working behind the scenes. Something good's going to happen to you. And it's all in here. I'm just reminding you of, of the mastery of God and how God knows the congregation is going through a hard time. And listen, he saw that some of you lessened your grip and he was displeased. And he's so displeased that he interrupted my holiday to say, I'm displeased. Tell your people to tighten their grip. Not let go their grip. Tell them to show up more to church, not less to church. Tell them to give more, not less. This is not a time to back away because of pressure. It's a time to press. And if you didn't believe it from me, God sent a prophet from Texas to say almost verbatim what God said to me as your pastor. And plus a whole lot more about the breakthrough, which I wasn't emphasizing the breakthrough. He wasn't emphasizing that through me, but he was emphasizing that through Brother, through brother Jerry. And God has been speaking to us congregation about this. And this is very, very important. And then he does this. He shares about famine, sowing and famine. You know, I've never heard him tell that story about Jesus appearing to him. I knew that he preached on sowing and famine, but I didn't know Jesus appeared to him in an open vision and that the Shekinah glory of God like a, like a cloud came into the hotel room. That's the first I'd ever heard of that. And I'm not thinking anything while he's talking. I'm just thinking, good for you. And the Holy Ghost is smirking the whole time. And he's going on about how he goes to Brother Copeland and he does this thing and he gives a sacrificial seed and personally and ministerially and blah, blah, blah. And I'm thinking, good for you. And then I heard the Lord speak to me as I'm sitting there just as loud as I'm talking to you. Thank God for the Holy Ghost. He said, are you not also in a season of financial famine? And I said, yes, sir, we are. It's been a hard slug all year long. We have not met the church budget one time this year, not one week. Every single week, we have fallen into the red, putting us well over 150000 in, in the hole. It's eaten up all our savings. It's eaten up all of our excess that we had saved over the years. I'm just being honest with you. And, and, and it has been a high stress to me. <laughs> That's all I can say. And I heard the Lord say, I'm not saying that to put pressure on people. I'm not no. saying that for any other reason. If you're tithing and if you're giving and if you're bringing your faith with me to the budget, then, then you just tap yourself on the back. You're doing your part. If you're being lazy and you're being a thief and you're taking Jesus's tithe that he owns and you're spending it on your groceries or whatever it is that you need and you're not bringing your supply, shame on you. And that's the truth about it. Because I've preached long and hard about what we believe not to have people go, huh. That's right. Amen. That's all I'll say about that. I'm done. I'm not trying to hurt anybody. I'm just saying, do your part. Serving, giving, praying, evangelizing, just do your part. 
But I can't make people do their part, Jenny. So I can just stand my ground. And it's been a hard year. And I heard him say, are you not also in a season of financial famine? And I said, well, in my mind, I said, yes, Lord. Yes, we are. You know we are. And he said, so do what he did. And I'll bring you out. And I said, in my mind, I said, okay, I'll give 11,000. Because that's what he gave. And I heard the Holy Ghost as crisp, crystal clear, crisp, say 50,000. And I said, Lord, that's all we got. And he said, and is that not all he had? I said, don't do this to me. Don't make parallels. I don't want parallels like this. I'm not comfortable giving that. I don't know where any other money is going to come from. He said, if you obey me, boy, if you obey me, I will turn this. I don't know how he's going to turn it. And I personally don't care. My job is to obey, guard my heart and guard my words. And it took me about 30 minutes struggling with that before I texted Errol to say, bring me a check and a pen. And Errol brought it in fear and trembling because he didn't know what was about to happen. And I wrote that check. And then as soon as I said, Lord, I'll do it in my heart, it's like he was waiting for me to say it, waiting for me to say it. It barely escaped my, my mind. I said, I'll do it. As soon as that word, it was thought, I heard his voice again and said, what about you person? He's waiting. He wouldn't talk to me about the second until I obeyed on the first. What about you person? I said, what about me personally? I'm okay. And he said, no, you're not. What you need and what I've told you to do, you need, you need a breakthrough. And he said, and I want you to sow like he did. I said, okay, I'll sow a thousand. Five thousand. And then I had to take half an hour on that one. No, it didn't take me that long. So I got my thing out and I wrote that out. And I said, Lord, I'm going to do that. And he said, I said, I'll do it in the back room. And he said, no, you imitate him. I said, what does that mean? He said, he did it in the service publicly. And he said, I want you to do it in the service publicly as an example to your sheep. That if they will sow in famine, I will turn the tide. And so you know, if you weren't here, if you weren't there, watch. Was it Monday night, Brother Taylor? Watch Monday night, the end of the service. I sent the little clip to you as an email, just of my part. But you need to listen to the whole sermon so you can hear what led up to that. And so we sowed that seed. And then after the fact, I said, watch the mastery of the Holy Ghost. I'm not that smart. I know you think I am, but I'm not. I don't try to click things or make things work. But after the fact, the Lord said to me, after the service was over, the Lord said to me, he said, did you notice, which obviously means I didn't. He said, did you notice that your imitation of brother Jerry was perfect? And I said, Lord, what do you mean by that? He said, that's what he authored. That was he authored that. He doesn't always author that, but that's time he did. He said, did you notice that he gave 10,000 from the ministry and he gave one-tenth of that from him personally? I said, no, I didn't really do the math on that. He said, you gave 50,000 and you gave one-tenth personally. I didn't even notice that that aligned. And he said, I'm going to turn it for you, boy. I heard him, Merry Christmas, loud as I'm saying it to you. He said, I'm going to turn this thing. When God Almighty says, I'm going to turn this thing, he's talking about financially, it means, listen to me, brother and sister, it means God's going to turn it for this church. The season of lack is over. 
The famine is over. I'm saying it by faith, but the famine is over. But that also means you better watch out because for God to bless this house, he has to bless you which means he's going to bless some of you big time and he's expecting you to bring your supply in tithes and offerings because he's going to turn it. But he's not limited to you. He can also cause it to come from other places. And so Brother Jerry said hundredfold, believe for it this year. I went to pray. Now listen, that is what he has said. That's what the prophet has said. I don't want to get in disagreement. But I heard the Lord. Can I just tell you what I heard the Lord? Because I have to listen to the specifics of the Holy Ghost. That is a scripture verse that he's quoting about Isaac. But the leading of the Spirit of God will also work with the Word specifically for you. And I heard the Holy Ghost say to me that night when I went home. He said, believe me for the highest possible harvest, which would be 100. He said, believe me for that. And he said, and believe me for it to come as fast as possible. But listen, he said, do not, listen closely, do not get hung up on December 31st. In other words, putting pressure on you, getting into fear, getting into unbelief, getting into doubt. He said, don't put, believe me, for the fastest return possible, including starting this year. Yes. But listen to me. He said, now this, is, this trumps anything Jerry said because God spoke it to me directly. He said, have I not told you that this is the end of the death years and that the increase years start next year? I said, yes. And he said, so the harvest on the seed that you have sown will start this year because we're in the overlap season, the last three months, but it will complete next year. So don't get hung up on December 31st and make that a pressure on your mind because the devil will try to pressure your mind on that. He said, the harvest is coming. I'm going to turn it because you obeyed me. And let me tell you, we obeyed him with the last that we had. So we had Reverend Randy come the next night, which was because of my flying, not just because we wanted a guest minister. And uh, I said, now give me your receipts for your fuel for the 421, which is a couple thousand dollars. And your, the rental car, because he doesn't come into Canada, he drives. And, and your gas and your food, we already had covered the hotel here. I said, give me all that stuff. We're going to take the offering for you. So we had, we had a cash offering over $1,000. It was wonderful. We handed that to him. And then we had a, a healthy offering for a Wednesday night. It was, a good, it was a decent offering. It was more than double what we would normally get on a Wednesday night. And so he called me yesterday. And he said, Brother Greg, he said, I need to sow. I said, sir, you're always sowing into me. You don't need to sow no more. He said, I need to sow. He said, don't send me that check. Put that offering your church raised for me back into your budget. I'm sowing seed. And he said, and all the expenses it took for me to come up to Canada, I'm paying all of them. I'm sowing seed. And then he said, <laughs> now this is, that's two chunks, little chunks. Now I got the first major chunk on our, on our, on our harvest. The first chunk, we're not, we're not, we're far from done. But this is the first. Remember he said, fast turnaround. He was just here last week. So as of last night, which is less than a week later, let me explain this to you. When he had our current plane, our nice plane, the SR-22, that was, we bought it from him, but he held it for a year for us because, he, because we, we weren't ready to take it. Right. 
And, and so he held it, and there was an annual that had to be done. There was multiple repairs that had to be done. And he spent about 40,000 U.S. dollars out of his own pocket on that plane to just do everything that needed to happen, to get it ready for sale. And we have the little trainer, 172, the little red plane that is in New York. The agreement was that we were going, that plane is only worth 40,000 U.S. That's what we paid for it. And it's retained its value. The deal was we were going to give that plane to Brother Randy because he had paid the equivalent in stuff on the Cirrus SR-22. And he was going to take that plane and then have a second plane in his hangar, a little trainer, that if other people wanted to learn to fly, he was going to train other ministers to learn to fly in our trainer in the future. But he called me yesterday and he said, God spoke to me that I am to sow seed. Do not give me that plane. Sell that plane. And all the money you get, you keep from that plane. And I am sowing the 40000 that I put into the Cirrus. I'm giving it to you. That's about $55,000 Canadian as of last night that he's canceled that debt. He's given us basically the plane to sell and keep the profit. And on top of that, the man that runs the, uh, the uh, brother Randy Nelbone, my instructor's uncle who runs the hangar down where, my, where the little trainer is, he contacted me and he said, I feel in my heart, um, if you want me to help sell that plane for you, I will and I won't charge you any dollars commission. Which is thousands, it can be thousands, the commission. So in one week, less than one week, uh, the, the offering was returned, the expenses were returned, and 55000 Canadian plus no commission fees on the sale has been gifted to us in less than a week. Now, you may say, well, that's not money that somebody handed you a check. You don't understand. That's the same thing. Because when I sold that plane, that money had to go back to Brother Greer because he had put the equivalent in the current plane. And it is a debt that we owe him. So I, I just said, and I heard the Holy Ghost say, that's the first one. He didn't say that's the only one. He said, that's the first one. He's turning it in Jesus name. So now I just can't wait to get the license and sell that plane so we can get that money in our bank account. And we will, and we'll get the right buyer and it will be, we'll get, I'm believing for more than what we paid for that plane, but it will be at least 55,000 because we, we bought it for that. So I just want to encourage you, let you know, God is, God is working. Now, it's important that you hear this because I went, this is the, the next thing I'm sharing with you. I went in the back room and I said to him, brother, in the, in the meal, I said, brother Jerry, I need to ask you a question. I said, when that financial season of famine came upon your ministry, I said, did you, you don't have to like confess to me some like deep, dark problem if there was, I, I'm not trying to pry. I'm just wanting to know why did that happen? What was the open door? Or was there an open door? Or was it just an assault of the devil? Let me tell you, the devil attacked Jesus. And Jesus never opened the door once. So the devil can attack you without you opening the door. It's what I call in, 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 in field theology, it's called a frontal assault. He just attacks you because he hates you. And it doesn't mean that you've done anything wrong. But many times you have opened the door. And I said, what could you teach me? Because we're in a season of famine and I want to know if I open the door. And I heard the Holy Ghost say, the same thing that has happened with you happened with him. That's why I asked him because I knew if I can get the answer from him, I've got the answer for me. 
but I knew that by the word of knowledge, the same thing that happened with you has happened with him. In other words, there's been an imitation of Brother Jerry, even on the other side of the coin in the wrong way. Because whatever caused that to happen to him, the Lord said, it is, that's what caused it to happen with you. So find out from him and then you'll know where you missed it. So I said, sir, would you be willing to share that with me? And he said, yeah, sure. He said, it primarily was a frontal assault. I didn't necessarily do anything grossly wrong. And in my heart, I heard the Holy Ghost say, same as you. I said, well, that's good news, Lord, because I, I hoped I didn't make some big mistake or, you know, I don't think I've checked my heart. Like I announced that night, we've been praying. I'm, I'm clean. I'm walking in love. I'm, my life is clean. My marriage is clean. Every, I, I don't know why this thing has happened. And so he said there was not really any one particular thing, major thing. He said it was a frontal assault. He said, but, I was hoping there wouldn't be a but. He said, but there was one thing the Lord did say to me afterward that contributed to the season of financial famine. And he said, if I had done this differently, uh, I, we wouldn't have been in that season. Not to, there would still have been a frontal assault, but it would have been a lot less intense if I hadn't, so really what he's saying, he didn't say it, but that's what he's really saying is, I cracked the door. I did something I shouldn't have done. And that caused it to be more intense than it should have been. The devil was still assaulting us, but I made it worse. And I said, are you comfortable telling me? Because I need to know in case I'm guilty of the same. And he said to me, he said, a year before that bad season, Brother Copeland called me out of a meeting. He did share it publicly when he was here. And he, and he prophesied to me and said that you're going to be a modern day Abraham. And you're going to have lands and finances. And he went on and on. And there was a prophecy about that I was going to grow and increase as a modern day Abraham. And he said to me, my infraction was. I heard that word. I rejoiced over that word. I celebrated over that word. I wrote that word out. Then I forgot that word. And he said, the, then, then he said, the devil showed up. He didn't understand it at first, but the devil showed up and he said, in retrospect, I understand how this works in the spirit. Now, when that word came forth about financial increase, the devil showed up to abort the word on financial increase by attacking and by squeezing the finances so that I would start to say what my condition is instead of what the prophecy was. Because he's trying to get the prophecy to not come to pass. So he squeezed me so that I would feel the pressure and so that I would get out of faith with my words. Now he said, I never got out of faith with my words, but the Lord dealt with me after Jesus appeared to him and he told him to sow in famine and all that stuff. The Lord said to me, he said, you did not wage a good warfare. Paul told Timothy, take the prophecies which have been given you and wage a good warfare. He, the Lord said to him, you did not wage a good warfare. And if you had waged a warfare with the Copeland prophecy, you would have kept that door sealed. And while the devil would have tried, it would have not have been as intense as it was. Because if you wage a warfare, he cannot, he has no ground to stand on to squeeze you. But you forgot because you're too busy. It matters that you're not too busy. It matters you show up to church every Sunday to hear what God is saying. And I heard the Holy Ghost say, you are guilty of the same, son. 
And I said, but there ain't been no prophecies about me being a modern day Abraham. And he said, but there was a prophecy last August from your woman of God about the briefcases full of money. And I saw it. I rejoiced. I transcribed. I did a jig. I did a dance. (laughs) And then I forgot. And if I had held on and claimed and been aggressive, make a good warfare. Why did Paul use the word warfare? Because it is war. It is war. It is aggression. It is anger, spiritual anger. You've got to fight. You've got to fight with that. You've got to say, no, you don't, devil. Craig, you're not skillful, the Holy Ghost said to me, because when I speak by a prophet about finances, it means there is going to be an assault of the devil to abort what I've just said. And the only way you hold that assault back is by warring with that prophecy. Did you war? No, I didn't. That is why you cracked the door like Jerry did. That is why the devil was still going to assault you, but he would have had no ground to stand on if you warred. But because you didn't and you were busy and distracted, he now, you cracked the door by a dishonor of that word. Now he's got something to stand on and he has squeezed you. And it's been the hardest year financially in the history of our church. Who would have thought that was because I didn't war with the prophecy? This is spiritual revelation. This is, I'm giving you spiritual revelation this morning. These are things that pertain to the realm of the spirit. You want to understand why things happen to you? Listen to what God has said and be aware that the devil heard the same thing you did. And he has got a plan that goes into action the moment that that word came forth. And it is to destroy that word, to abort that word, and to cause it not to come. And the only way you are going to stand your ground successfully is to take that word and viciously, vehemently, and aggressively make war. And if you do, he will still try, but he will have to hover around because he's got no landing pad. The door is sealed. He's a hummingbird flapping his wings, trying to find an opening, but he can't. And you may have some pressure, but that warfare will push it back. But when you ignore it and when you distract yourself, you crack the door. Now he's got a landing pad and he lands with a demonic assignment to destroy you and to destroy the word God gave you. And he will do whatever he has to in his arsenal, in this case, to squeeze the very life out of us. And here we are, ignoramuses, me specifically. I don't know why this is happening. I don't know what's going on. Why I'm clean, I'm forgiving, I'm doing all this stuff. Why am I missing it? Same word Judge Jeremy did. And that's why that pressure came to squeeze him because he did not make war. You better listen, brother and sister. I need staff. You better pay attention. Don't ever let this happen again. The staff have to make war just like I have to make war. The staff have to remind me to make war. The staff have to be the Aaron and her that hold up my hands and say, Pastor, make war. Make a good warfare with the prophecies. 
Because those are God's breathed words. And the devil has come to stop them. And if he can squeeze you and distract you and discourage you and you get you to say the wrong thing and believe the wrong thing, it will violate that word and it will cause it not to come to pass. And the way that you stop it is by roaring and speaking aggressively. So Jesus showed up to him to show him how to get out. The open door was he didn't make war, but the way out was to sow a seed in famine. And God started to turn it. And God said the open door for you was the same thing. You didn't do anything majorly wrong. But that thing is something majorly wrong. And now you've had this difficult year. But I'm going to turn it, son. The same thing that happened with him. Rarely does a minister come and the Lord parallel it, mimic it almost exactly. That is very rare. But this is a very, this is, that's supernatural in and of itself. This was a very unusual situation where he said the, the, the reason it happened was a mimic of him. The way you're going to get out is a mimic of him. Even how you do it publicly, the amounts, the percentages, the ratios is a mimic of him. And what I did for him, I'm doing for you. I'm going to do it for you. And right away, things started turning for him. And right away, in a, I'm not going to say small measure, but in the bigger picture, it's small, but it's still big. But I got bigger things yet to come. But immediately, within a week, it started to turn. Hallelujah. Making war with the prophecies. Find me that verse, Brother Taylor. I don't have it in my notes. Just quote, find me that scripture and quote it to me. Give me the reference so we can read it together. Hallelujah. Now, while we're doing that, I'm going to run out of time. I'm trying, Jesus, but I'm going to run out of time. But anyway, I got to share. We got to talk about if God said you, the reason this happened is because you didn't give properly yourself to that prophecy. What is it? Re- read it. Read it. Says this charge I commit unto thee, son Timothy, according to the prophecies which went before on thee, that thou by them mightest war a good warfare. Mightest war a good warfare. Hallelujah. So it's very important that we remember the prophecies and that we start to claim them promise of life. Now this includes, now listen, in this whole time with Brother Jerry. The Lord said to me, he said, now you're going you're gonna to change this. You, the, the, the devil has come to steal these words. Wow. You've helped him by not speaking them. Yeah. That's why you've been squeezed. But I'm going to get you out. Same way I got him out. But now it's important that you start to get aggressive yeah. with the words. Remember, he's been saying, stir yourself up, get fervent. It's not time to lay back. There's a time to get more serious. And I mean this for your life, but also for our church's life which you're a part of the church. So there's a a corporate side and a personal side. And so the Lord prompted me. He said, now I want you to focus on the three words. Now there's the one category of words is the words from last year about Pastor Nancy and the financial increase. That's what I didn't focus on. We need to. The second word he said focus on is this card because this is what Brother Jerry specifically got for our church about breakthrough. And the third word is what he said about 2024. Can you just put that screen up for me about what Brother Jerry prophesied about 2024? I wrote it out for you just so you can see it. Stay in faith. Stay focused on the promises of God. Don't allow anything happening in the world to distract you. That's a big one. So some of you are going to stop listening to your stupid conspiracy theories and websites and all this nonsense. Some of you need to stop watching the news as much because you're letting it distract you. 
and, and do these things. Remember, he said, give yourself wholly to them. He quoted that verse. And then you're going to see a year of your prophet will be made apparent to all. In the Greek, prophet means a year of progression, advancement, promotion. A year where your highest expectations are fulfilled. Number four, don't happen if you don't do one, two, and three. Now, the Lord said to me, focus on the word Pastor Nancy gave you. Focus on the word that Brother Jerry gave your church, which is this card. And focus on the word that Brother Jerry gave gave for 2024. Now, along that third category, I'm kind of doing a slash. Because in addition to Jerry's 2024 word, I want to focus on Greer's current word. Because they're very similar. Look at these things. Now look at what Brother Randy said this last Wednesday. Release your faith. What was the first thing Jerry said? Stay in faith. By meditating. Walk in the spirit. Praying in tongues and worship. And using your authority. So in your mind, I want you to remember three categories. Number one is the words Pastor Nancy has given. We're going to type them out. We're going to make a little card like this for you next week. Because I, I ran out of time this week. But we're going to make that for you next week so you have Pastor Nancy's three prophecies. We're going to read them in a minute, but I want you to have them on your fridge. So I'm going to make a card. That's number one, but that's category one. Category two is this card, the prophecies Brother Jerry gave for our congregation about breakthrough. Lining up with the seed we've just sown. We have got to read this, brother and sister. You can't get bored. You can't get lazy. You can't get tired. You've got to read this every single day and say, Father, I release my faith as I read this. I release my faith. I exercise my faith right now. Like Brother Randy said, exercise your faith. I'm exercising faith that this will come to pass. I make a warfare with this. It's aggressive. It's not like, you know, the, the footprints in Jesus was carrying me. Nothing wrong with that. That's a nice, sweet thing to lay back in your hammock. But this is not that kind of thing. This is a warfare with this. In the spirit, I'm raging war with this. And with the three prophecies of Pastor Nancy. What's our third category? Third category. So the first category has three parts because Pastor Nancy gave three prophecies. The second category has two parts because there's two sides to this thing. Brother Jerry gave two prophecies. The third category has got two parts. Brother Jerry's word for next year and Brother Greer's word. Put Jerry's word up again. We're going to get another card printed with this for you so you can see it. And on the back side, go to the next screen, is going to be this printed for you so you can see it. I want you to, me- I want you to meditate on it. I want you to give yourself wholly to it. If you do, God will bless you. If you don't, you will limit what God can do in your life. I'm going to do it personally, but I'm doing it for this ministry. Because what opened, what caused the frontal assault to intensify is a lack of waging war with the words. Now he's getting us out. We've got our get out of jail free card. It was a seed gift. Some of you need to sow a seed gift as well into promise of life as your as your spiritual fatherhood, your spiritual divine. But I'll leave that between you and the Holy Ghost. I don't know who those people are, but I heard the Holy Ghost say some are in financial famine and you need to tell them you've set an example for them and they need to follow that example by sowing a sacrificial seed into Promise of Life Church. I sow into Jerry, you sow into Promise of Life. He's over me, I'm over you. 
I'm talking about to the ministry, not to me personally. I'm talking about to the ministry. So I just encourage you, if you, if you, listen, I'm not playing games here. We need a breakthrough. And I got a whole prophecy all about a breakthrough. And so what I need to do is give myself holy that my profiting may appear to all. Give myself holy to the prophecies of Pastor Nancy. Give myself holy to the prophecies of Jerry Savelle. And give myself holy to the word that Jerry Savelle gave for next year and the word Randy Greer gave. Isn't it interesting? Three of our main ministers, three people prophesying. God says, give yourself holy to all those three categories. You've got one, which is category two. But next week, you're going to get category one and you're going to get category three. And you're going to have three cards to put on your fridge, put in your phone. And I'm asking you to wage a war with those prophecies. Hallelujah. Praise God. You see, now I have let us, is my sermon uh, that God gave me in Barbados and said, preach that to your congregation. But I knew that he said, give an overview. I'm learning sometimes I don't always understand everything at the beginning because I sometimes combine everything and I think I can, I can get going, I can get it all finished. But there's a certain flow of the anointing that I don't know what it's going to feel like until I'm in the service. And sometimes I got all this planned out, but as I'm going on this, I feel the Holy Spirit lingering on it. I'm trying to go fast so I can get to my let us sermon, but I feel a resistance in my, in my spirit. The Holy Spirit is lingering, linger on this, which obviously means he doesn't want me to preach that message, even though it's ready. He wants me to preach it the next time I'm with you because I, I will, I will do injustice to that sermon if I rush it. And if I preach it, you'll be here till 1230 and the chicken is in the oven. But we'll have the Reverend Joe Siegel next Sunday. And then the following Sunday, I'm going to preach to you the Let Us Sermon because when I was in Barbados at the end of that time of prayer, when he gave me Hebrews 10, 35, and 38, then at the end of all of that, he said three things to me. And he said, son, this is instruction for Promise of Life Church. And he gave me three points that are very important. And he said, if your church will follow these three things into 2024, he said, I'll be able to, listen carefully, I'll, God said, I'll be able to do everything that I desire in their lives and in the local church. But they've got to do these three things. And he said, some are doing some, some are doing all, but to a lesser degree, some are doing none. So he, I'm calling it let us, but you'll understand why. But I feel him lingering on this today. So I'm trying to get over so I can preach that let us sermon. But you see, this is how we have to interpret the flow of the Holy Spirit because he doesn't want me to get over this. He wants me to emphasize how important it is to wage war with prophecies. Prophecies are like a weapon. We see a horde of hell coming and he gives us a weapon and he doesn't ever ask us to fight weaponless. He gives us a weapon and he says, now fight. But the weapon are words that we have to rehearse back to him that they will not return void. So put up the word and then we'll end the service. Put up the word that Pastor Nancy gave last year about the briefcases, which is what I should have and I didn't focus on. August 17th, 2022. And it says, oh my, 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 my. How to put it in words. This is in Pastor Lekedic's church. He called me out. The finances, the finances. I mean, just heaped up. 
coming into your entrustment. He'll trust you with them because of the plan, because of the plan. It's almost like, Pastor Craig, if I could say it, if I could say this, have you ever seen somebody that came into like in a movie setting and they'll bring in briefcases of money and they'll start stacking them in bundles. That's what I see. Bundles of supply just stacked up and it's already prepared. It's not you getting God to stack it up. He's already got it stacked up. It's just you transferring it. Now, this is a prophecy that I need to be making war with. Father, do you remember what you said? Devil, do you hear this? I'm going to stuff it down your ugly throat. And it's speaking it and it's believing it and it's exercising my faith in it. If I had done that, this year wouldn't have looked like it looked. You say, how does that work? I don't know. I just know that that's the open door. And that, now we, he's, got out of, he's got us out of this by the seed. But that doesn't, uh, that doesn't mean you ignore the words. The same thing that got us into it, we have to use to keep us out of it, which is by making a warfare with these words. So I'm going to give you a thing next week for you to put on your fridge. And that's, that's one of three on category A. Now go to the next word because Pastor Nancy has given another word. That was this year, September 10th, when I went for her paid off service. When God said, go there. Look at that. God sent me all the way across the country. All the money, all the expense, just for one purpose. To get this word and have her impart by the laying on of hands. All that's in their heart. Father, we thank you. Father, we thank you. We thank you. Father, that you will speak to men. Men who are anointed to fund. Men who are anointed to fund. Lord, speak to them right now in Jesus' name. We're not playing games. Angels, you know where they're at. And you bring them. And they'll be a part, they'll be a part, they'll be a part. We thank you, Father. We thank you, Father. Praise God. To Pastor Jenny, we put a demand on that supply that belongs to the vision, that belongs to the plan of God. There's a supply in her for that. <coughs> That's another issue. So this is what she said. Anointed men to fund. Congregation, are you saying that? Father, there are men that are anointed to fund this vision. Father, we need a new building and it's going to take $16 million minimum. There are anointed men to fund. Some in the church, some outside the church. Bring them. Angels cause them to come. See, that's warring, a warfare with this prophecy. Now have a look over at the last one, number three, which happened during the women's conference. Pastor Craig, something about... Every week, once a week, I don't know what to tell you, whether it's a financial statement or something that your office may give you. I don't know how you review the finances. Go in and lay your hands once a week on the report and speak to it. Divine multiplication. Divine multiplication. Divine multiplication. We thank you, Father. It shall come to pass because the buildings, look, at she said plural, the buildings, the buildings, the buildings, and all the equipment, we thank you for it, Father. These are three prophetic words given by my main supply and divine association, Pastor Nancy, and we've got to make warfare with those. Hallelujah. And so I'm starting to lay my hands on these. Uh, now, the funny thing is, Pastor Nancy, now listen to this. This is interesting. 
Two, three years ago, she met with me and had a word privately. She gave me a word of the Lord. She said, how do you handle your, the money reports that come into your, from your offerings? I said, well, they text it to me and I look at them and then, and then I know what they are. She said, stop doing that. She said, that hurt your faith. Because sometimes we'll be up and sometimes we'll be down and sometimes we'll be this and sometimes we'll be that. And she said, stop doing that. Just look at it once a quarter, once biannually. And so since that, I've only looked at it once a quarter, sometimes once every six months. But now, see, because at that time, my faith would have been hurt by looking at the numbers. But now the instruction is opposite. Now the instruction is every week. Look at what came in. Now, why would God say three years ago, stop looking every week at what comes in? And why would he say now, every week look at what comes in? Because back then I hadn't built my faith to where it wouldn't stumble. But now I've progressed where I don't, I don't really personally give a, a flying fart in space what is on that piece of paper. I know I've got euphemisms. Leave me alone. Brother Randy's got country talk for city folk. I've got city talk for city folk. Space talk for city folk. <laughs> My point is I don't, I've developed. My, see, there's a change in me, Jenny. Now, God knows that there's a change. That's why he's given an inverted instruction. He wouldn't give me that instruction if I was the same as I was three years ago because then he'd be telling me something that would cause me to stumble. But he knows that I've kind of developed past that where I don't care what's on the piece of paper. I, what I believe it will be what I say it will be. So now he's saying something different. Look at it every week. Lay hands on it every week and proclaim and declare divine multiplication over it every week. So I've got, I've got warfare to rage. I've got warfare to wage. You've got warfare with me. I would strongly encourage you, if words have come over your personal life, I can almost guarantee you, because I know how easy it is, as evidenced by what we've just gone through, how easy it is to let those things go. And I can almost guarantee you the reason why you've been under a certain attacks unnecessarily is because you let it go. And the way you're going to turn it is to grab those words and start making a warfare with them. You show honor for what God said when you make a warfare. You show the devil you're, you're serious about this and he's not going to steal it from you. It's so important me make warfare with these words. Hallelujah. So those are the three words from Pastor Nancy. This card is the two words from Brother Jerry. And then what I put up on the screen is the third category, Brother Jerry's 2024 word and Brother Greer's 2024 word, which he has been preaching this year, but it's an instruction for what is to come. Brother Taylor, tell me again what that scripture was and we'll read it and then we'll close. 1 Timothy 1.18. I should have memorized that. This charge I commit unto thee, son Timothy. So this is a spiritual father talking. According to the prophecies which went before on thee, that thou by them might war a good warfare. That you by the prophecies would war. Hallelujah. Brother and sister, war with me. 1 Timothy 1.18. Let's just have a, a sneaky peek over here now and see what the, uh, what the Amplified Classic says just before we, <coughs> we get going. 
praise the Lord. Amplified classic. What was it, Taylor? First Timothy. First Timothy, 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 you're hiding. First Timothy 1, 18 in the Amplified Classic. Let's just see if it says anything a little different. This charge and admonition I commit and trust to you, Timothy, my son, in accordance with prophetic imitations, intimations, which I formerly received concerning you. So that inspired and aided by them, you may wage the good warfare. Prophetic intimations, which I formerly received concerning you, so that inspired and aided by them, you may wage good warfare. Let me just see what the Passion Translation says here. First Timothy 1.18 is good, to Taylor. So, Timothy, my son, I am entrusting you with this responsibility in keeping with the very first prophecies that were spoken over your life and are now in the process of fulfillment in this great work of ministry. In keeping with the prophecies spoken over you, with this encouragement, use your prophecies as weapons as you wage spiritual warfare by faith and with a clean conscience, for there are many who rejoice these virtues and are now destitute of the true faith. Woo. Use your prophecies as weapons as you wage spiritual warfare by faith with a clear conscience. So we are to use them as weapons. Hallelujah. Isn't the Lord good? Praise the Lord. I'm sure the new living probably doesn't have anything better to add. But anyway, spoken over you earlier, it says, may they help you fight well in the Lord's battles. May they help you fight well. Praise God. Good news, don't let me down. Timothy, my child, I entrust you and command this accordance with the words of prophecy spoken in the past about you. Use those words as weapons in order to fight well. You want to fight well, use them as weapons. And we know the message is certainly not anointed. So I'm sure there's nothing in here that we're going to want to hear or see. But since Brother Jerry quotes it all the time. Mm, 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 mm. The problem with it, you can't even find what he's talking about. There's no even, where is it? Okay, I'm passing this work on to you, my son Timothy. The prophetic word that was directed to you prepared us for this all those prayers are coming together now so you will do this well fearless in your struggle keeping a firm grip on your faith and on yourself after all this is a fight that we're in okay i take it back the message is pretty good praise god theologians don't like the message because it's not theologian it's it's a, it's a paraphrase. And theologians get all anal and legalistic about it. it. has to be. That's why it's paragraph form, not verse by verse. But you can still get some good nuggets from it. That's it, my brother and sister. I couldn't get to let us, but we'll do that in a couple weeks. Make sure you come back next Sunday. It's not a time to lessen. It's a time to press forward. God is with us. We have sown a big seed, and God is starting to bring that harvest, and it will continue. I encourage you, if you're in a season of famine, then obey what God tells you to do. But most importantly, wage a good warfare. Use the prophecies as weapons. <coughs> Meditate on the word. Hallelujah. Heavenly Father, I thank you for this congregation. 
I, Lord, I sense their love. I sense their agreement. I sense their unity this morning. Father, we're not here to backbite, to whine, to, to be critical and negative about this church, about anybody in this church, about the preacher, about any guest ministers that we have. Father, we are not here to let our words be ones of division and discord and strife. Lord, we are here to come together in unity and in love one for another, to know what God is saying to this church. And I've given them an important overview since the miracle crusade to present of the major things that you've been saying. Our job, Father, is to be good students of what you've been saying over the weeks and months. And Lord, to hold fast to those words and to not let them go. To hold fast to these prophecies and not let them go. To exercise our faith and release our faith as we speak the prophecies, believing that they will surely come to pass. Lord, there's been a great season of pressure and there's been a frontal assault of the devil against the church corporately and against many individually, against health, against finances specifically, and maybe other things as well. But Father, we stand our ground. You told us a breakthrough is imminent and on the horizon. You told me that phase three and 2024 is going to be the greatest year we've ever seen. You said that the season of increase is upon us. You've told us the season of breakthrough is here. I know in my spirit the season of famine is over and the season of breakthrough is here and I am a hundredfold recipient in this season of breakthrough. Father, we claim it. We wage war. We use these prophecies to fight. We don't lay back. We stir ourselves in fervency and we say it is time to charge. It is time to press. It is time to fight. It is time to use our aggressive faith. And you will see us through. You've got ways to overcome for us, bless us, increase us, aid us, help us, deliver us that we have not yet thought of. In your mind, you've got a million ways that you can do it. Let us not limit you to how we think it can happen. Like you said to Brother Jerry, you said to him, I want your faith, I don't want your help. Lord, we're not going to try to help you. We're just going to bring our faith. And our faith is in these words. Our faith is in the word of God. That is the surest form of prophecy. And I say, it turns in Jesus' name. The back of this thing was broken when Brother Jerry prayed over that seed Tuesday night, Monday night, November 6th. The back of this was broken then, Jesus. And I thank you that, Lord, you continue to do wonders in our midst. I give you praise and I thank you for that breakthrough even yesterday of the gift of the airplane and of the sowing back of the offering. Father, that represented almost 60,000 Canadian dollars that, that was expected to go out that is no longer having to go out. So, Lord, I thank you for the beginnings of the breakthrough. But, Father, I'm not robbing you. I'm standing for 100-fold. In the name of Jesus. It will start this year and complete next year. And I hold you to your word, Father. And I fight and make a warfare and wage a great war and struggle in faith. The good fight of faith. It's a fight. And I fight that fight of faith with your word and with these words of prophecy spoken over our church. Let my congregation stand with me and not let go. 
and I give you, can you sense there's a spirit of faith here this morning? I can feel that anointing. I don't, you see, when that lifts off, I'm just going to have to go with the word, not by what I feel, but in this atmosphere of the presence of God, that spirit of faith permeates. The words permeate the atmosphere with faith. And in this kind of atmosphere, you can believe God for anything. So I thank you, Father, for it in Jesus' mighty name. It will turn around. Money, you will turn around. Budget, you will be met and overflowing before the end of this year. Every week we've gone in the hole, but it will come back. It will come back. And before December 31st, specifically, the budget will be met for 2023. I release my faith for it, Father, in the name of Jesus. I thank you, Lord, that you bless them, multiply them, increase the people, give them seed to sow, give them extra shifts, give them extra money, give them Pentecostal handshakes, give them blessings and increases, fund them, Father, that they may fund your work. We believe for it in Jesus' name. And we give you praise and we give you glory. Hallelujah. In Jesus' mighty name. And everybody said, Amen. And amen. See, when that anointing is here, I could just go and go and go and go. It's hard to unhook yourself. When the train is moving, it's hard to unhook your car. The Holy Ghost locomotive is moving this morning. I can feel that anointing moving. It's like a, it's like a boiling. I don't know how to describe it. But I have to unhook because we got to end the service. But I thank you, Father, in Jesus' name, it will all come to pass. Those that have been discouraged, let strength come into them now. Those that have been weak, let strength come into them now. Those that have been dis disheartened and offended and angry and on the verge of leaving, Lord, let clarity and help and strength, let answers come into them now. Let us all lay hold of the plow and not lessen our grip. In Jesus' name, this is a time to run. It's not a time to quit. I give you praise for it, and I give you thanks. And everybody said, amen and amen.